You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Chunks in a hunk. That was supposed to be scary, and it was missed out. Fire yes, on it accident. Was. My name is Jordan <laughs> Wonders, and this week I am your chunk. I'm Doge, and it's heartening to see so many strange new faces here today. I know my hunk would be very touched and probably a little suspicious. And I'm Carter, and hunk. Mm. Mm. But which one was that? Chunk. Oh, it was chunk. Oh. You get the the. Chunk. Yeah, totally. <laughs> cool, man. For sure. Totally. Yeah, Josh, yeah, yeah. You're the you're the hunk. Tell us why. It's a big day for me, guys. It's it is Tuesday, October fifth, when this episode originally releases, and I have a full day of celebration planned. It's probably the most important day of my life. It is my half birthday, uh, and I'm 27. So it should only be a half. Day 27 of and a half, and. It's just, this is the day everybody dreams about, you know? They call it your sweet 27 and a half for a reason. And it's just because the day is so magical. And there's so many things I can do now. MTV's working on a TV show right yeah. now. My super sweet 27 my and super a half. Duper, it's called my super duper sweet 27 and a half. And it's, it's, it's just a magical day in every boy's life. You have a glow about you. I know. I know. I wasn't trying. I didn't want to bring it up because I'm feeling really good. I'm really feeling <laughs> confident. But yeah, yeah, I'm glad you noticed. You have a glow about yeah. you. Hunk was yeah. a no-brainer. Yeah. Yeah. It's obvious, right? And it you can tell. I mean, you can tell by listening to me that I'm kind of on cloud ten. It's even better than cloud nine. And wow. I'm just, I'm yeah. up there. I'm cloud nine and a half. Cloud maybe? nine point five. Nine and three quarters. Yeah. I'm just up there. I'm riding high. I'm enjoying my special day. It is all about me today, and I've got lots of great treats planned. 
Maybe we should have made the hunk Jesus just to help cleanse, just for the sake of like getting us. Yeah, that might have been through a good what call. we're about to talk. It might about. have been a good call. It's Chunktober too. It's fine. It's it's your half birthday. It's Chunktober too. It is. It is the the spookies, the spookies, the witches, the ghouls, the goblins, the bats, the spider, the spider webs. Yeah. The uh, mini candy bars. But here at Two Chunks, we're the house that's given out king-size candy bars. And, mm. and let me tell you why. It's expensive. This series was put to a vote. And uh, top four winners of the vote are what we're talking about. And we ended up yesterday with uh, our first ever final tie. Yeah. For fourth It was place. amazing. That was amazing. Yes. Yeah. I the love final that. tie was between the so Seminole many. Classic. Yeah. No, go, go ahead, Carter. Uh, I was just going to say, so many movies got... A lot of votes. Yeah, I, dude, I, there were bangers on this list. This was a <laughs> list, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, but uh, the final tie was between the Seminole Classic, the Jamie Lee Curtis vehicle, uh, Halloween. 1978. John Carpenter. And uh, the Ari Aster. It was his directorial debut. Uh, first big film. Yeah, first, first big major film. film. The others were uh, very so small. The, like Was like it 20, 2018? 2018. Mm-hmm. 2018's Hereditary. Um, and ha- ha- having... I'm the only one on this podcast that had previously seen both of these movies. Um, I'm sure, Carter, you've seen at least Halloween, right? Yeah. And Doge, you'd seen neither? I'd seen neither. So uh, I'm, as the only one that had seen both, I was pretty staunchly in the camp of, please don't make me watch Hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I For can't the love even of imagine. all things good, please don't make me watch this movie again. And uh, and I love horror. <laughs> I just did not want to watch this movie. Again. Have you already said how our time was settled? Yeah, I'm getting okay. there because uh, here's the kicker of the whole thing: the people we love the most, the people we hold dearest, is who we brought this final decision to. We decided this is a first. This is historic. Let's go ahead and set a precedent that for a final tie, we create one final two vote poll. Or like two choice poll yeah. for our Patreon, our Discord channel, our highest tier of and, Discord. Uh, apparently, our, our highest tier. A new a new perk that these folks get is to be the final tiebreaker in the event of a real Halloween hereditary type situation. I like it because I don't want to make that choice because then it's us picking the series. Right. You know, I like. Yeah. Anyway, a, a message that I saw pop up in our Discord, and I'm not going to say who said it was. I just. Essentially, it said, I just want to make the boys watch this. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I want to make them squirrel. (laughs) I didn't enjoy that. There's a lot of power you can get for $5. You legitimately are feeling like you can control things, and you you really can. And there was even, there were some people that were like, I'm pretty certain it seemed as if they voted for Hereditary, but were like, I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, they were like, I'm not watching it. I just want to make the boys watch it. Like and someone voted and then and then just said, <laughs> I, I read the spark notes and I at least have an idea of what it's about because I'm not watching this movie. Good. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Thanks. So our, our Discord was okay. pretty split. In fact, I would say the most split possible because everybody, it seemed like everybody was in the Discord saying things like either gotta be hereditary because I want the boys to watch it and I won't watch it myself or can't be hereditary, I refuse. It's gotta be Halloween. Yeah. Well, y'all, the vote came down to one, yeah. hereditary <laughs> versus Halloween, which is why by one vote today, the first movie of Chunktober 2 that we are going to discuss is Hereditary. hereditary. Yay! 
it is it is just occurring to me that as you're saying all of this, I'm understanding that I have sold a pleasant evening in my life <laughs> for five dollars. Yes, correct. That's what I've decided a pleasant evening is worth to me. If you, you know, give me $5, in some states, you get to be in charge. Yeah. If, in, if you give me five bucks, you get to be in charge of how unpleasant my movie watching experience gets to be at this point. So anyway, I like it though. I think it's strong that we went ahead and said, you know what? Because listen, we've, we've got the power, people. We don't use it, but we, got, we, could, we could make something up. You don't see the results of the surveys. That's very we could, true. We could just Honestly, be like, man, oh, we could just put that. our thumb on the scale. We're going to get to it. Um, Obviously, we're going to get to the discussion and we're about to have a synopsis. But to me, especially, I don't know if it was harder for me to watch the second time or the first. I think it was harder to press play the second time. Yeah. Than it was the first. Hmm. It was an easier watch maybe because I knew what was coming. It was a harder beginning because I knew what was coming. Um, But I'll say this. If we can watch Hereditary, this is the guy at the lunch table who's like, I'll eat anything. Like two chunks has become the guy who's like, people, people are like, Try this, it's nasty. And he's like, whatever. And just throws it down his mouth. Give me five bucks a month, I'll eat a staple. Right, yeah, exactly. It's like, come on, dude, at least make a face. I know that's hot. Like, make a face. (laughs) Yeah. You've already, you're impressive. Just don't be so coy about it. This is the movie version of the one chip challenge. And somebody out there is like, no, actually it's, yeah, I know there's much worse than Hereditary. I'm just saying. Anyway, Doge, give us a synopsis so we can begin discussion of this great film. In celebration of all things scary... I present to you a Scarenopsis from IMDb. This week's Scarenopsis was written by In the Rose Steed. <laughs> Annie is a wealthy model maker with a family history of mental instability. After her elderly mother passes away, Annie, her disturbed daughter Charlie, and eventually her teenage and son, Peter, begin to experience strange visions and compulsions, much to the distress of her skeptical husband, Steve. No scarier name than Steve. We're quaking in our boots. I love how scary the word eventually is. <laughs> eventually. Stuff's going to get creepy soon. <laughs> God, God, when is soon? If you're not scared yet, just wait. <laughs> All right. Oh, man. Can I just start with a sweeping statement? Are you going to say this movie's hilarious? Because I thought it was so funny. So funny, dude. No. um, I'm going to start with a sweeping statement, and I'm sorry if it spoils kind of my overall opinion on this movie, but um, we only have so much time, and there's a lot to unpack here. Sure. From my perspective, this is Jordan's opinion only. This does not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Two Chunks and a Hunk LLC. (laughs) Hereditary is an incredible movie. And I hate it. (laughs) It is so good. And I hate it. (laughs) I think I'd agree with that. This is probably a one and done for me. I thought so. I I thought this would be a rewatch situation. I agree too. And here's, and what's so fun when we do, especially genre series, is it has me reevaluating my overall experience in the genre. Right. And for mm-hmm. Hereditary, I think I've decided the scariest things to me, the things that scare me the most are things like like possession. Yeah, I think, for sure. I think because, and I, it would be an interesting survey too, but I think anyone who has had any kind of like maybe life in like religion, 
You know, like possession is something that I know to have had existed and honestly don't not think it can still happen, you know, which is a roundabout way of saying like trail here. Yeah, sure. Of, of that, like uh, anything that could be real to me or even close enough is really scary. Sure. Personally. Sure. I'm with you. Yeah, I think, I think this movie, and we'll get into it. I think this movie crosses into the realm of like, come on, for me, a little bit. You know? I mean, of course it does. It definitely does. But in those moments where you just get to fabricate ring wraiths. Sure. You know, and the things that don't exist. Sure. Yes. Hereditary is close enough to home that, that, that someone could, you could, uh, you know, there's still articles and stuff about people that like can be possessed and it's the kind of thing to where I can't just straight up say, and again, yes, getting an imp king or like getting a, a, a medieval demigod to, to take over the body of a male subject. Yes, it starts to get pretty yeah. goofy with a lot of that kind yeah. of stuff. But to say that there could possibly be a possession is way closer to me than sure. uh, Alien or a monster movie. Well, let's not pretend that something aliens like that. couldn't happen. Let's relax there a little bit. But, <laughs> well, yeah, um, it could be a xenomorph. So... I'm going to super dump now because I, I, I'm going to have a hard time talking about this movie without this lens, okay? Because I'm glad you brought this up, Carter. My super dump is the last 15 minutes of this movie. Um, it's very scary. It's very effective scary. You know, it's very, um, it's hard to watch. Like the last 15 minutes are basically, I told Doge, um, Doge and Jess invited Callie and I over because they could not bear the thought of watching this movie alone. At, at the nighttime. I love that. So we came Carter over to- watched it. You watched it during the middle of the day, right, Carter? Yesterday. That's the way to do it. We yeah, came over we to Sherpa them through the experience. Um, had glasses of water and some blankets, some safety safe around. It was fine. Um, but um, I told Doge, this movie is like if the scariest roller coaster in the world ended with you getting shot in the face. <laughs> the mm. last 15 minutes of this movie, very visually scary, very hard to watch. Yes, very effective. Good job. Completely lost me. Um, the first time I watched it, the second time I watched it, I spent the first mm, 75-80% of the movie going, wow, this movie is this brilliant exploration on grief and the way that people grieve. And I think we're going to find out that the mom, that Annie has maybe inherited her mother's DID and that that's the, the hereditary portion of this is that the stress of losing her daughter has caused her to... Um, her, her mental illness to sort of to sort of show itself a little bit more and that's what's going on here and it's very scary um, and it's so brilliant and I really thought I was going to end loving this and saying it's the best horror movie I've ever seen. Um, and then it just goes like full-blown, legit supernatural at the end, which to me, and I'm not saying supernatural stuff in horror movies, we'll get to some of that that's really great and fun, but to me, it just... I don't know. Maybe if it was just a cult with no sign that the supernatural was working, but it was a group of people that believed in it, or maybe if it, there was no, preferably no cult at all, no connection to this demon thing at all, and was just the stages of grief and her mental illness functioning together in a bad way. But something about the end and how off the rails it goes mm -hmm. dilutes this movie for me and takes it from what could have been I would say a perfect horror movie for so many reasons we're going to get into too. Um, not, not something that I would put in the same caliber as like Insidious or The Conjuring, but just something less than what it could have been in my opinion. Hmm. 
something scarier, I think. It becomes scarier for the last 15 minutes, but it becomes worse, a worse movie, in my opinion. So what you're describing is is sort of like it comes at night. Did you ever see that? No, but it's starting to have a resurgence, like a critical turnaround. It comes at night is fantastic. I watched it on Halloween a couple of years ago. Um, but that's, I mean, spoilers for a few year old movie. That's kind of the deal is that there is no monster and it's paranoia is right. the monster. And I right. think that is a that was far more unsettling for me at the end of it because like, I had no trouble sleeping last night. And even as I was like trying to go to sleep, I was like, huh, King Payment. That's kind of interesting. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You know what I mean? But like, like, I don't know, man. I'm trying not to super dump as well right now. I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. But yes, well, you're right. The only I think reason it, I did is because there's a lot I'm, I feel the need to talk about that I can't unless you know yeah. the part of the movie that turned me off. Yeah, it does. It kind of gets real <laughs> lore heavy. To yeah. me, at the yeah. end, and where I'm even it's down. almost like it, it's almost like let's put a team of of clerics together <laughs> to defeat right? the demon king. You know <laughs> Dude, what I mean? I'm it's even like down. Yeah. To it's like find almost out. fantasy. Yeah, and and I totally understand. Ari Aster has said this movie, even with the supernatural elements, is obviously still a metaphor for grief. I totally get that. Um, but even if we wanted to say Grandma was a part of a weird cult, and this lady Joan is trying to get Annie to delve into the supernatural stuff, to me this movie ends up being more effective if none of that is there, and the scariest thing is facing your own grief in the under the weight of additional mental illness. Um, and like, if the visions that are being seen and the scary things that are happening and the breakdowns that we watch are simply because these are people hurting with no way to explain it because it's just too awful what has happened. Yeah. Um, it becomes yeah. way more upsetting than like straight up and down horror yeah, at that dude. point. Yeah, Which yeah, it, I was, it was definitely upsetting. Just yeah, I would, I would sure. imagine the the King Payment stuff is like, that's where for Ari, you know, believe the, the lore of how he wrote this script or not. Because uh, he said at first it was just going to be a family drama, mm-hmm. but then he decided to make it horror- I mean, the decision to make it horror feels like those last 15 minutes. Uh, that's, yeah, totally. Dude, and, it feels and like it's a different movie and you can tell the horror, the true horror, not, it was going to be an unsettling movie no matter what, but the true horror yeah. of the movie feels so tacked on to me yeah. at the very end. And I'll, I'll say a couple of things here because I don't want to, and I don't think you are, I don't think either of you are completely discounting the last 10 or 15 no, minutes. No, I'm not. But I think it's interesting to have... <laughs> essentially his entire work, or at least the work that is known well, because <laughs> he's just got the two movies, right? Mm-hmm. But to have Hereditary and then Midsummer next week, um, to kind of have a, a, a deeper look into just Aster as Spoiler, a Spoiler, I guess. We're doing Midsummer next week. We are doing Midsummer next week. Well, we sent out a we clip that had all four. Oh, yeah, media, that's right. So that's true. Everybody knows. Um, I'll first of all say, I think it was... I, I think I, I got frustrated. I definitely got frustrated. There wasn't a part of me that was like, what a great idea of the last 15 minutes. Yeah. There were parts of me that felt initially like it was lazy. It's like, oh shoot. Well, yeah. how how can we just really make people be really disturbed? But if with Aster, it feels like he wants to give you moments that are visceral. I would say totally. the entire movie is visceral. And so I think he wants to give you these moments that you'll never forget. Yes. Visually. Yes. And I think that's definitely what we get at the Completely. end. And if that's what he's trying to do, I'm down. It reminds me of the Coen brothers and putting having a leg sticking out of a wood chipper. You know, like these right. things that were like, right. that's Iconic. not necessary. That's kind of ridiculous. 
but okay, do what you want to do. I agree. Um, but I feel like, I mean, don't you feel like this is an apocalyptic movie? The end, to me, yeah, it's, I don't certainly. think it's a hot take. The It's like, the it's end, what makes it- the end of the world, essentially. Yeah, what yeah. makes it interesting to me is like, here's just a family that grieves, don't we all? But you know what? Sometimes <laughs> grief can turn into the end of the world because you can summon back the sure. god of mischief. You know, it's like, right. yeah. that felt to me actually kind of creative that this- normal deep dive into things that we can relate to turned into the ultimate end of the world. And I, 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 I don't think there's other clear. movies like that. I want to be very clear. I think that Ari Aster is a an actual, like, probable genius. I think yeah, that yeah, he yeah. is an incredible director. He also wrote this for the most part. Mm-hmm. He's, an, he's obviously an incredible writer. Hereditary, as a movie really is brilliantly made. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about how brilliantly it's acted. I'm confident. This movie is incredible. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can appreciate what is happening here and set aside my own taste to talk about yeah. it. I'm just saying for me, this is a this is a lesser movie than what it could have been. I'm not saying the ending because not, of the end, right? Yeah. The ending is it is well done. It is very scary. I mean, the the piano wire beheading, uh, dad catching on fire instead of mom. Um, all yeah. of all of the visuals are so visceral, and they definitely stick with you. And it is effective because of that. And I can't think of another horror movie that doesn't that can do that without leaning into the like saw gore fest kind of a thing. It's it's so visually I mean, this definitely this definitely did lean into the kind of gore porn though that a lot no, of stuff No, not even to to me. the same thing at all. In my opinion, it's not even close to the same thing as like saw with like heads exploding and traps and all that kind of stuff. This certainly, certainly, but different. it is gore with the intent of being upsetting. Yeah, uh, that right? I agree with for sure. Yeah. That I agree with for sure. Yeah. Um but yeah, I have such a complicated relationship with this movie. This movie's a beating to watch. It is. It's kind of exhausting. Yeah. It's my Manchester super, by the Sea was a horror movie. My super dump, and I have to be careful because I don't want my super dump just to be like, I wish it didn't scare me as much. <laughs> because that's the point, right? It's, sure. it's supposed to be scary. But my super dump is, I think, and I'm not going to watch it again to look intently, but I think there is... No humor. I think it is completely yeah. void. The, completely void of anything to even make you happy. And I get it. We're the looking only at- The joke is the son staring- uh, Was it Peter? Yeah. Peter yeah. staring at the girl's butt in front of him in class for about three seconds is played up as a joke. That is the only, that is the only moment and that's of levity it. in this entire movie. Yeah, and no. that's fine. You know, it's, it's kind of like, hey, when A24 is going to do horror, I also love The Witch, which didn't make this list with Anya Taylor-Joy. Nothing funny about that. Right. Nothing funny at all. But yeah. that's like, it's a different kind of horror and maybe someday we'll talk about that movie. But with this one, it was like somebody- Somebody tell a joke. Like just, just, uh, <laughs> right. and, and it wasn't, it wasn't just about relief. It was about, I think that's kind of what took out some of the realism. And I think that might be just because specifically for me, I've dealt with grief and stuff sure. in my family. And, and one of the ways for us to handle that appropriate or not has been at least some kind of humor. Yeah. yeah. And so only in my specific experience for the super dump, 
it made their family dynamic a little bit more unrealistic in the places that I thought it was supposed to be. Yeah. But again, I've, we're, talking, we're talking baggage on baggage and baggage that's full of decapitated heads yeah. over in this family. So it's like, yeah. but that, maybe they're never going to laugh. That's but. part of what makes this movie, it's, <laughs> it's such a hard movie to talk about. It's a great movie to talk about. It's part of what makes this movie effective and also part of the reason I don't like watching it is that it is just this slog, this grim, dark slog to get through. There is no catch your breath here because we're going back in. It the movie starts and it's the movie, it feels like the movie hates you. Yeah. <laughs> it wants you to be miserable for two There's hours. a moment where Annie is walking in the daylight to Joan's house, and that's when I breathed. Yep. I was yeah. like, okay, there's other people out, there's extras on screen that I don't have to see their face or try and decide whether or not they're going to transform it. I, I, I had no idea what was about to happen. Right. And I'm like, okay, here's my two seconds. But then she walks into freaking Joni's house. And I was like, okay, well, we're done. Yeah. But sound, yeah, I, I think the sound design plays a huge part in that of like not being able brilliant. to catch your breath. The sound design is very, very good. It's, it's so I, good. I think terrifying. It's, it's not my super pump, but the way the sound design works together with this house that they're in with its completely unknowable, non-Euclidean floor plan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, how it's all shot to look like her miniatures. Oh my God, that's brilliant. I yeah, love it's that. It's amazing. It's Dude. wonderful. So the, the, the bit of trivia about how they built the set of this house so that walls could be removed so it could be filmed to look like her dollhouse. That opening transition from dollhouse yeah. to Peter's room when dad walks in and throws the suit in. I mean, that's what I'm saying, man. I have such a complicated relationship with this movie. This movie's brilliant. It's so yeah, yeah. well made. The 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 soundtrack is deeply unsettling. The yeah, miniatures, Colin, ugh. Colin Stetson to have inspiration for this soundtrack spent just hours listening to buzz saws the, in, and dying the, animals. No, I mean <laughs> he he spent hours just walking out in the woods at night, yeah. listening to the sounds all around him of an, yeah, yeah. animals. Yes, and, and yeah. it's funny that you bring that up because there are moments that you're just like. Yeah, I could I could just see a, a cat dying in any corner of the frame and be like, "Well, <laughs> that's I, I want to pay special those. attention." I want to pay special attention through Chunktober two to those kinds of of things that that attempt to bypass our human brains mm -hmm. and access our animal brains, because I think like that deep bass rumble that's throughout this movie that is a a like subconscious frequency designed to elicit an emotional response. It's ominous, and the way it's, things yeah. are framing is just subtly off uh in the in the cinematography the way things are framed but i think it's really interesting uh with horror specifically i mean other genres do this too right there are subtle cues in action movies that make us feel a certain way but horror i think more than any other genre relies on a significant portion of the creative process and the creative effort going into bypassing our mammal brains and accessing our lizard brains and getting us to feel a, a primal emotion mm. Mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, I think I agree mm -hmm. with you. That that sound yeah. feels like when you have an adrenaline rush and you're panicking and your ears start mm -hmm. to close up a little bit. And uh, well, it, it was it like it was well. like my my heart felt that and wanted to follow the rhythm, mm -hmm. right? You know, which mm -hmm. was just it's 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 good. Well, and it's things like in the the opening conversation, the very first time that. Uh, mom goes into Charlie's room and is talking with her and is like, did you feel like you wanted to cry today? Mm -hmm. uh, the crickets are turned up so loud. 
Mm-hmm. Like, so the, the ambient noise that's happening outside the window is turned up almost to the same dB as the volume. So that naturally creates a response in you in which you lean in, but then there's the bass, wub, 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 that makes you feel guarded. And so that whole sequence just becomes so unsettling where if you mm-hmm. mix the audio differently, that's just a mom talking to her daughter. Like, there's nothing actually scary about that. I'd like to propose that we save discussion of um, individual performances <laughs> for the back half of this episode. I think it's going to be a worthy Certainly. conversation to hold back there. So let's let's as we as we are heading towards the middle of our episode, let's let's talk a little more about like the art of this film, like the filmmaking of this film, because it is it really is pretty flawlessly made. Yeah. Except yeah, for one can... ADR line that is so obviously poorly ADR'd that Annie or Joan has. And it's so clear that her mouth says, you need all of your family in the same room. And she's like, you need all your family in the house. And it's really bad. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh, and um, uh, uh, Annie clawing her way out of the room on the wire. Doge pointed out that it looks like when you hold a puppy above a bathtub. <laughs> it looks pretty bad. <laughs> When she like floats out when she crawls it out looks on the wall. Pretty bad. It's unsettling <laughs> to look at because it's of how bad goofy. it looks. <laughs> I think uh it's very clear that Aster had an uh, exact idea of what mm-hmm. he wanted. Uh and I know we're gonna talk about a lot of the acting in a little bit, but uh many of the actors, especially those I know Tony Collette had said she was really impressed. This felt like the most prepared director she'd ever worked with. Cool. And and she's got I buy a, a pretty. I think she's incredibly underrated, but she's got a history, and we'll talk more about her later. But that he, you know, everything I was reading about him and with this movie specifically is that he kind of knew what he wanted to do for a long time, even a storyboard mm-hmm. uh, detail type of of exactly what he wanted to do, and a lot of that uh, comes through in the set. In that the entire house is essentially a set. It's it's built. Yeah, uh, and it's done in that way so that it can be essentially like the miniature. We can go up to it yep. and approach it and do practical effect uh, without having to do this. Like, you know, you see it a lot in movies, like through the wall thing that you're doing. And of course, there's not a camera that can go through a wall. It's mm-hmm. not a ghost camera. He just says no wall at all because I unless, want it to be as if. You don't think it could be a ghost what? camera. That would be the scariest thing. <laughs> but he knew what he wanted. And I think it's, yeah. it's, it's very clear. Yeah, very I clear in how how clean completely. and how there doesn't seem to be much fat. It just feels right. like it's just exactly the fra- the way things are framed too is like to be honest, if we're talking about like spikes on uh what is it that read your heart, right? What is that that EKG? Uh, EKG? Yeah, spikes on the EKG. There's maybe four or yeah. two or three, but there is this consistent hum. Of yes. things being scary. And sometimes it's just the way the set is framed. Mm-hmm. I remember looking in the uh, room full of miniatures and just like waiting for There was so right. much to soak in. That's the movie, there right? There was so much it's happening. This yeah. And I'm just anticipation. This I'm whole looking, movie. looking in every corner, waiting for something to happen to where there's a payoff when, you know, Alex is walking around. It's because up in the real left early they show mom. you grandma. <laughs> yes. Real yeah. early they show you grandma in the room. In the dark. Yeah. And then you basically spend the whole rest of the movie going, where, 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 Wait, where, what was where, that? where, yeah. where, where. It's a bit of inoculation theory, to be honest. They're putting, they're putting something already on your mind early to convince you or persuade you that it still exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
uh, and to start to build uh, an anticipation for that to come. And it, it's sucks. And that's what it I'm really sucks. Yeah, right. That's <laughs> the what best I'm way. saying. It, so I love, and my fear is that it sounds like we're like, good movie, but I hate horror, so it sucks. I love horror. <laughs> um, I think this is what, I, maybe the director would even want to hear I think so too. That's to my to thing. Be, it's supposed to be unsettling. It's not supposed yeah. to. I, I really enjoy horror movies. This is not necessarily my type of horror. I tend to like, I tend to lean more towards um, like, I don't know how to describe it so much as like sci-fi horror or like realism horror versus like spiritual horror. I just like, I don't, it doesn't well, I'm a monster so and creature horror movie. Right, all monster, the way. creature, interpersonal horror, like that kind of stuff, time travel <laughs> stuff, whatever. Um, Comedy horror, like Ghostbusters. But I am I am a character-driven boy through and through. And so this movie, that's why I have such a weird relationship with this movie because um it it sucks me in and it is so fascinating to watch. Yeah. yeah. I um, would say spiritual horror is not my favorite. Spiritual horror, like I said at the beginning of the episode, scares me the most. Yeah, it's the most mm. effective. But th- but this, I don't find Hereditary that scary for the ending. That, yeah. That's what I'm like. This movie is much scarier to me if things are left ambiguous or if we are, if the spiritual stuff is yeah, yeah. in the background and it doesn't just straight up end with like the resurrection of a medieval demon. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, I don't think that dilutes the points that scared me the most. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Because the most realistic scares are the peak anyways for me. I completely yeah. That's what makes agree. it scary. So yeah, no, I would say the last 15 minutes is a separate scare. Can I say that the most, the, the Jordan scariest scene in this movie is her dream within a dream after she follows yeah. the ants to Peter's room and then wakes up in dream number two and Peter is asking her, why are you afraid of me? And she unwillingly answers, I didn't want to be a mom. And then it cuts to both of them covered in paint thinner and she's screaming, no, I love you. Dude, I can't yeah. watch it. I can't, yeah. like, I almost can't look at the screen when yeah. she's doing that. Um, so in in the in the reference of that dream within a dream and in the spirit of half birthdays, may I give half a super Is this a sequel a to Inception? Pump? Yeah, yeah. May I give half a super pump right Is now? it about an actor or a character? It, the then other half no. is. The other half is. Yeah, this yeah, half is ahead. not. Go ahead. Half of my super pump <laughs> is the decision to have a specific actress playing a specific Boo. character be be a, an, a miniature artist. Right. Specifically to paint miniatures of her life because that's an excellent visual metaphor Big of time. the fact that she is holding her grief and holding her life at Dude, arm's length. Yes. And unable to process it internally. So she just, she tries to take an objective stance on things. She even says, it's an objective view of the accident. Right. It's not our life. It's not about him. And so she's protecting herself. A hundred percent, dude. By separating herself, removing herself from the scenes to look at them and try and figure out what's going on. That is an excellent, excellent visual yes. metaphor. And my super dump is that the exploration of that grief and that character's journey to Can I finish your become, sentence? Can I guess to become part of that scene? Yeah, sure. Leads to an actual external source of conflict rather than leading her back into herself. Bingo. Dude, the demons, the demons so well are, put. The demons should be internal, not external. So well put, Doge. That you have summed up my problem with the end of this movie. The yeah. movie Keep going. The movie, I think the movie promises, uh, or at least led me to believe that 
that we're we have this miniature artist who is so consumed with her work and is has a hereditary history of mental illness mm-hmm. and mental unwellness. Well, just and a hereditary uh, history of tragedy. Exactly. Been dealt horrible cards, both biologically and circumstantially. Uh, and so, like, these miniatures are in some way an outworking of some of that dysfunction where she yep. cannot process the awful things that have happened to her. Yep. And I'm fine if she goes throughout this whole movie and she sees these miniatures populated by her inner demons. I think when the movie turns to external demons as the source of the horror for Annie, I think that's when it is it is sort of answering a question it didn't ask. Mm-hmm. I think I it kind of sets agree. up a different movie. And that's not to say the Dude, we should do end. a movie podcast together. <laughs> I think that's just not to say that the end isn't scary, but that's the end of a different movie, I think. And we, we've kind of already talked about this, but... Uh, so well that was put, just, dude. The overwhelming sense I walked away from is like, you can't have the miniatures and King Payman in the same movie. Those are different movies. And yeah. I think the miniatures are a wonderful, wonderful setup and it's such an intriguing, promising story hook for an internal demon kind of horror movie. Uh, but they just, they it feels like a mismatch with the last mm, yeah. 15, 20 minutes of this movie. Wow. It's like, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of 10 Cloverfield Lane. Did you guys watch yes. 10 Cloverfield uh, Lane? Yeah. At the First end of, of all, 10 that movie Lane, is amazing until it isn't. It's much fantastic. Like but then like the whole time you're led to believe John, John Goodman, Goodman is, is this crazy so guy who's kidnapped Mary Elizabeth Winstead because he, for some reason, believes there's aliens exploding the world above. But he's just he's just a sick individual who wants to capture young women. Turns yeah. out, nope, there's actually aliens. And he, he was right. was right. And John along. Goodman yeah. was the hero. And it doesn't make any exactly. sense. Yeah, I agree. I with felt you. the same way walking away from this movie that it did 10 Cloverfield Lane. Where it was like, that is answering a question that it didn't ask. Yeah. But dang, dude. Other than, I mean, that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. I mean, it was, uh, well, I mean, I didn't enjoy it, but that's not to say it's not a good movie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like, you're having like this incredible meal that from the start is just this wonderful experience. And then, you know, maybe it's this cut of steak Mm, that you're like, I had no idea that you could do this. And then you get to the last piece and inside it, there's like a rolled up fortune (laughs) from like a fortune cookie. It's a fortune steak. Yeah. And it's like, why did you put these two things together? (laughs) I mean, I'll eat around this, but I guess that's interesting. The meal's called a Fortune 500, and it's a $500 steak (laughs) meal with a special surprise. And you know what? It's, it's, and I, and I know I'm not, I'm not defending Aster because I think we, it's already clear that we all really like this director. And And he doesn't need defense. He's, he doesn't, (laughs) he, he doesn't need defense, but it's like when everything else is so good. Mm hmm the the uh, things that you think might have gone wrong or the critiques are magnified. Yeah. Because you got this far. You know, it's like you <laughs> it's, you did this much. It's a, to continue your food metaphor, it is a beautiful five-star three-course meal and the dessert is a cosmic brownie. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, come on. It's a little bit, it's a little bit to me what Spielberg almost accidentally made with Jaws. And then the shark puppet was so bad, they had to leave it off screen for the majority of the movie. And so the audience's mind was left to fill in the blanks. Yeah, right. Once, I think we fill in too many blanks by the end of this, where it's like, oh, well, I understand it. So it's not scary. 100%. Yeah. Once, once they show the he monster in the daylight it. in its entirety, right. 
Right. Yeah, sh- shouldn't have tied a bow there. It's the last shot of Alien where the xenomorph is a dude in a suit just cartwheeling through space. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I'm not worried at the end at the end of Hereditary. I'm not worried about my own inner demons. I'm right. worried about the chance that King Payman's going to end the world. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Which, not too worried about that. That's very good. This, this, that's very good. So succinct, succinct. Do you say the first C? Succ- it's pronounced successful. Successful succession. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's time for shout outs. Welcome to Spooky Shout Announcements. It's the spooky part of the show. Ooh. Where we give spooky shout outs and make spooky announcements. The Ooh. first spooky shout out. I'm gonna give, I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break cultural norms here. I'm gonna give a shout out to my mom. Okay. She just found out she has to get a hip replacement. Yeah. Oh, no. She's bone on bone, baby. Yeah. Wow. So she's basically wow, going to be wow, like wow, a liquid wow, metal wow. Terminator at this point, right? So I already have made jokes about oh, my mother 1, being a cyborg. Um, Great. So Great. yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be the spawn of a cyborg, which is very exciting. C- Cyber mom. Cyber- Coming <laughs> this summer. No, 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 no. The $6 billion mom. Also, she's going to hate that I said that on this podcast. Yeah. Sorry, Miss Wonderly. She doesn't listen. Oh, she super listens. No, she's I'm super kidding. I'm does. kidding. I'm she kidding. I'm kidding. She is a patron. She's a, my mom is a patron. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I'm she kidding. won't listen to the hereditary episode, so don't even trip. But I hope she doesn't trip either. Nice with her hip. The first big announcement next week. And if you follow us on social media or listen to the first half of this episode, you will already know what I'm going to say. But our next movie, it's Ari Aster, Back to Baxter, Midsummer coming next I do week. want to point out that the hypothetical you just posited is that somebody skipped the first half of this episode to listen to shout announcements. <laughs> Statistically, there is somebody whose favorite part of the show is this. I don't want to meet them. I do. No, I do. I do. I, do. I love them. Wow. I love them very much. Yeah, it's midsummer next week. This is the only movie on our list that I have not seen. Um, and based on Am I the tra- only one who's seen it? Oh, yeah, I guess you are. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. Based on our track record with Ari Aster, I predict a fun-filled romp through the 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 sun-drenched hills of some Nordic country, and it's gonna be beautiful. And I'm gonna love it. No, what I predict is me going, Florence Pugh. Woo! Um, but anyway. Midsummer next week. Check it out. Friends, are you looking for a place to go? Yes. Yeah. Where everybody knows your name. Your your tag. <laughs> what is it called when you handle? Have the, your handle? Your a place to go where everyone knows your handle. Dude, cyber hold cheers. On. Halloween time? A huge raven just landed in my front yard. What? There's a message in its beak. Get her autograph. That's so <laughs> Raven. <laughs> it's Raven Simone. <laughs> hey, Raven. <laughs> Disclaimer, we're um, not calling Raven Simone a huge Raven. She's just a regular Raven. She's a regular, she's a regular Raven. She's a Raven-sized Raven. If you are a Patreon member, you already know the influence that you have on this show. I'm not going to rhyme anymore because that would have that would have been fun. But now you're done. I need to hurry because now, well, well, you can beat me to it and, and show off if you want. Well, you rhyme so well. Um... The $3 tier gives you the opportunity to have a vote in, uh, an extra vote in these polls. Uh, And as we've seen and as we've said already, that has a ton of influence. Uh, If you want to have the closest thing to hosting this movie podcast, the $5 tier uh, is that. Because essentially what we've done on Two Chunks and a Hunk 
is take something that had existed years ahead of time in which you just get with those friends that you know love movies as much as you do. And that's different than saying the ones that love the same movies you do, because mm. if you've listened to this podcast, that's not the case. But it is a place that I think is incredibly thoughtful, to be honest. I, I think this $5 Certainly. tier is just full of people uh, that it's a little extra oxygen to kind of get through the week and be excited about uh, because it feels like with with the amount of people that we have in there now, it kind of touches on everything. I, I think there hasn't been something yet that's been brought up that someone doesn't chime in and yeah. either say, I've never seen it, but I'm excited about that. Tell me more. I, I, I'm finding our $5 Discord channel to be, uh, the many channels that come with that, to be something that is is kind of directing some of the things that I'm watching, which is really cool uh, as a host of the podcast. So if you want to be a part of that community, it's just $5 a month. Mm. Uh, it's not a whole lot. And you can you can make us do things we don't necessarily want to do. I like watch. And there's that power like too. As, as, as I said, yeah. it was thoughtful. I'm, I'm learning otherwise it's maybe hateful. within the last week or so. It now can that, also be hateful. That $3 tier's got some juice too. Don't get me wrong. You do have them extra it's got some. It's got some juice for sure. The $5 tier, it's got that sauce. Mm-hmm. It's got extra juice. The three dollar tier is orange juice. The five dollar tier is the mimosa mm. juice with a little some extra. But the three dollar tier, you do get some good bonus ups. We're taking Carter through Back to the Future for the first time. He's in the backseat of our DeLorean, buckled in, wearing a big puffy vest. And is I it am. safe to say he's <laughs> loving it? Are you loving it, Carter? Loving Back to the Future? Yes. The, Are you loving, loving the, first the experience one. of watching Back to the Future? Oh, I definitely am. Okay. Yes. Great. Yes. If you want to know how Carter feels about those movies, we're not going to give that to you for free. Are well, you we just kind of did a little bit, but we did a little bit. We did a little bit. It's the first and taste is free. Us, we'll tell you, yeah. <laughs> it's no hot take, people. It's nobody's hot take. It's the scariest time of year, and you can't argue it's with that scary. legally. And there's nothing more fun than to scare your friends. And so we would like each of you listening. To- <laughs> yeah. Wow, jumped. Did I get you? Jumped right out my skin. <laughs> Sorry. How did Nana like that? <laughs> She's not even in the room. Oh, okay. She's over me. <laughs> not my grandma, by the way. Real quick, that's my dog. <laughs> <laughs> I like to leave it ambiguous. We would like each of you to uh, share a scare with your friends. Nice. Uh, and you could do that by sending them this hereditary episode and then making them watch the same movie you made us watch, which wasn't kind, but we're still your friends. Jerks. <laughs> we, would, we would love it. Uh, if we could add more scary spidery children to our scary spidery family mm. this Chunktober. Mm. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's time to talk about individual performances and characters. My super bump is Tony Collette. Okay. The other half, the other half, the other half birthday half is Tony Collette. Yeah, my super bump is Tony Collette. I've, I mean, I just didn't want people to think I was copying anybody. So that's why I said it first. She is unreal. She travels the entire spectrum of emotion. Well, no joy, really, but um, the entire negative spectrum of emotion, certainly, in this movie. I mean, she's great in her screaming, crying, freaking out scenes. There's somebody, oh there's somebody else who's great oh in those scenes, too. Um, freaking gut wrench. Yeah, when, for real. When she discovers Charlie. <laughs> the way they chose to, sh- to, like, we're looking at Alex's eyes, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Which he clearly hasn't slept all night, mm-hmm. and we're just hearing her reaction. Mm-hmm. Ooh-wee. Yeah. It's oh. that kind of stuff, though. It's that stuff that I feel like is what makes this, why, why people picked it. Yep. Why it made the list and why it has 100%. the reputation it has. Which is, that's, that's not scary. That is upsetting to imagine yourself in that situation. Right. And I'm scared to imagine myself in that situation. Right. But that's not scary. That's an, just an upsetting, but it is, emotionally it, it is scary. nasty thing in a movie. It is scary. It does feel a little bit like emotional torture. Um, but yeah. that's kind of this movie. And, and again, we, I don't, I, know. I don't maybe, want to Maybe I just it. have a limited definition. Maybe I'm, I'm stuck in 1978. I'm just thinking of we could have watched Halloween instead Where's Michael of Myers, right. Yeah. Where's the monster with the, the sharp hands? Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, that's scary, but that's not upsetting. That is, you and, just described Freddy Krueger and not Michael Myers, but I like where your head's at. No, no, no. At. I like where your head's at. I know. At. I'm just thinking like, where's the classic slasher monster? Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, but Tony Collette is brilliant. She's unbelievable. She is, um, she is, cl- it's a close race for best performance in this movie to me, honestly. Um, but she, she edges out the competition by a hair. She is just phenomenal. There yeah. wasn't an, and I think this is a good opportunity to bring up a conversation here about, because uh, this is 2018 when this mm-hmm. came out. And, you know, Jordan Peele's Get Out was, I would, you would literally illustrious in in award show seasons, but it's still taking the Academy and uh, people outside of critics, the ones that are giving out the awards, I think it's taking a while for a little bit of a culture change to say, good job. I think you only get that if it's someone who's like an A-lister that was in a horror movie that did well, if they even do that horror movie. But Tony Collette should have been nominated for an Oscar. I think it's no way a, she's not. I think it's because this is a genre film, and genre film historically is underrepresented at the Oscars. I think things like Silence of the Lambs, which we would consider maybe a horror film, maybe are, right? are recognized because it's a drama. Mm-hmm. It's more of a drama mm-hmm. procedural than it is a horror film. It's a straight up and down genre film. Really, until Shape of Water and Get Out has not been something that the Academy seems to take seriously. Is Ari Aster's last 15 minutes of Hereditary what kept Tony Collette out of an Oscar nomination? I hope not. I think so. I actually think so. Because Tony Collette's performance is so good that it sells me on my own preconceived notion that this is going to be an inner demons story. Until she yeah. becomes a literal monster. Until she becomes an actual headless monster. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's my, true. My, my super pump is 
the decision to, I think the scariest thing about this movie is that I got to know the main characters really yeah. well. I think when you look at some of the old horror, like the Halloweens and all that stuff, it's just, you don't really know the depth of these people. That's why we got so I many think, archetypes so that we could skip getting to know them and go, okay, she's a teenage babysitter. Got it. Move on. Right. Yeah. I think the moment that you take the uh, seminal character and put them in a counseling session within the first 20 minutes, right? it's got a chance to be a lot scarier than it could have been without. Because I, because the fact that we really get to know, and, and specifically it's packaged in uh, adjacently Charlie because we just know more about other people's opinions of Charlie than really how she feels about things. She's kind of a surrogate for uh, early hints at demonic work. But I think that Alex, Alex, Annie? Annie, Annie right? Annie. Tony, yeah. yeah. The Annie-Alex relationship is Annie Peter. the crux of it. Peter? Actor's name is Alex. Huh? Uh, oh, sorry. Yes. I get those. Peter, yes. So Peter and Annie is, to me, because we're getting to know their dynamic mm -hmm. so well, is what is absolutely terrifying. Completely agree. That's what makes the, again, fully drama, not horror, the scene where they're eating dinner. Yep. Yeah, that's what makes it pretty commonly, so pretty commonly, by the way, considered the best scene in this movie and one of the best scenes in all of horror movies. I mean, it's, it's really, really, really good. There is one of the things that uh, can make a horror movie like structurally is it does feel like there's multiple peaks. Mm -hmm. It feels like there's a lot mm -hmm. of things that you're like, oh, remember when he did that? Or remember when he, you know, and then, oh, they were right outside the window, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I think, you know, 95% of this one are those dramatic elements that yep. like Doge said already too, of like choosing to look at Peter's eyes when we're hearing her wail. Um, the dinner, the the crushing of her miniatures in her in her room where she's doing all that work. It's, it's, it's she's unreal. Let's talk about Alex Wolf for a second. Um, first of all, Alex Wolf, if the name or face sounds or looks familiar, it's probably because you're around my age and grew up with younger siblings who watched Nickelodeon in the early 2000s. He is the younger brother, the drummer from the Naked Brothers Band on Nickelodeon. Um, he and his brother are actual musicians. They're children of musicians, um, been acting since he was a kid. And this is, I would call, a breakout role for him in the public eye. Um, he just recently did Old with M. Night Shyamalan, which I have not seen and have no real interest in seeing anymore. But um, my dude, Alex Wolf as Peter, the fact that he almost edged out Tony Collette for my super pump mm. says something, man. He's got yeah. something. Especially when he is acting panicked. Yeah, he's really good. His panic attack when he's smoking weed under the bleachers, when he's just like, just hold my hand, just hold my hand. Very good. Um, when he is freaking out because during the seance and he's like, make it stop, make it stop. Very good. And yeah. his reaction when he breaks his nose on his desk is hard to watch. Yeah. He actually dislocated his jaw. Yeah, I saw that. He asked, he asked Ari Aster, he was like, can I break my nose for real? And Ari was like, um, No. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like, uh, even though I, I agree that Toni Collette had a better role here, I think that's just because she's an excellent actor. She's really good at her craft. Uh, I feel like Alex is fueled by loving the craft. I think he's fueled by uh, how much he enjoys horror, how much he's studied horror, 
uh, it feels like he's a little bit more of the muse of of the director sure. in this, of, of yeah. being like, this feels like what Ari Aster might be like um, in terms of of just the commitment. And again, not to say Tony's not, but I think it's just because that's, because she's amazing at what she sure. does. I think Alex fell into something that he absolutely loved and he gave everything without going too far. I, I agree with you. Could have been, which could have happened. I think there's a way that you go too far, but with what the director is presenting and writing for us, it's strange enough that reacting in that way feels relatable. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you're screaming about like, please stop. And we can't just let, we can't throw to the side um, the the uh, Steve's Totally. Role. Yeah. Uh, because he is trying to be, I think the calm in the storm and getting everyone's head in the right place. So he is just, as Tony Collette is fully, you know, we're catching this outside looking in experience of her explaining everything that just happened. And if there was some humor in this movie, it's there. Mm-hmm. When she's talking about all these things that obviously would feel absolutely crazy yeah. to anybody to hear. But she's getting onto it. You wish he would buy in and he just can't. That's so realistic. Yeah. So yeah. he's helping right before he goes fully, yeah. uh, whatever album that is when someone's on fire on the cover. I couldn't think of it. Before he goes fully into that. He, so it's there's five characters in this movie, really, when it boils down to it. There is New York City. New York City is New like City's a, character a character in and of itself. <clears throat> there's Peter, Utah. there's Annie, there's Steve, there's Charlie, and there is Joan, played by Ann Dowd, who is always good. Is and that fair still. to say? Yeah. Yeah. Always good. Um, she's very good. No at doubt being, about it. Nice. So nice, dude. Um, Should we just end it? Let's just end the podcast. Yeah, let's just kill it right there. No, she's she's always the podcast. She's always good for unsettling me in some way. Yeah, and yeah. Dad is great at that. Um, Charlie, I got to look up this young lady's name. Millie Shapiro. Millie Shapiro. Was this her first was perfect? Movie? Yes, looks like was it, yeah. Perfect for this role, but is this going to be the only thing she's ever known yes. for? Yes. Yes, it will. You know, that's a fun scenario. Like, would you would you want to be the one-off, you yeah. know, of like this classic, like this movie character that'll be talked about for a long right. time? Or would you rather have just a great career? She, she does a really great job. I don't want to diminish that at all. She does a really fantastic no. job. But I think because Charlie is the face of a lot of this, that is yeah. going to kind of follow her around for a while. Completely. Um, maybe not Maybe not forever, but for a while. And just unfortunately, she got in the ring with some real heavyweight champs here. Yeah, totally. And so it's not even like her performance is the thing holding it all together. Yeah, there was no hope that she would be the best thing about this movie. I think with this script and her co-stars, like, she did a great job. Yeah, totally. Not to diminish her performance at all. Method acting stuff always starts to make me be like, uh-oh, Jared Leto's sending dead rats to his Suicide Squad co-stars again. <laughs> but I do kind of love that. Ah, 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 ah. I hope Jared Leto wakes up in a cold sweat every night going, I can't believe I did that. Uh-oh, uh-oh, <laughs> I ruined Joker. Um, but, and then everybody was like, the new one is, he's so, you're going to see what he was supposed to be. Same guy. It's the exact same character. <laughs> it's the same. It's, it's the same. He just has long hair now. Ooh, he did it. No. Um, <laughs> no love lost for me on Justice League. Um, how did we get to that? I think that I forgot. Method acting. Ari yeah. Aster asked 
for Alex Wolf and Millie Shapiro to go out a couple times in character as brother and sister and just sort of set the tone. And I love the idea of Alex Wolf and Millie Shapiro sitting at a Chili's with <laughs> Alex just trying to make conversation and Millie Have you nothing. talked to mom lately? <laughs> <laughs> what are you learning at school right now? And she's just like smacking peas around with a fork. She's like, Acting. I'm, I'm not talking. Acting. <laughs> How to be this character good? No, I think she does a great job. I do just think that because she's only really on uh, in about 25% of this movie and because… Which is a twist. It totally is. It's a huge twist. I had no idea. Yeah, it's not assumed that the first fourth of the movie she got… No, especially she was a huge part of the trailers and the was a big part of the trailers. And the poster. She's Mm -hmm. on the poster. Mm -hmm. Her and her mom. Tony Collette looks… Like a monster on the poster because of what they have done with the lighting on her face. The She's lighting so scary to look editing. at on yeah, the I poster. Know. Like skeletal. So I have a I have a help me understand moment. Yeah. When we do these deep dives into a genre, like we just finished doing with Heist, there inevitably comes a moment in the series where we say, okay, what actually is a heist movie then? Yeah. Because otherwise we think National Treasure could be a heist movie. There's a heist in it, though right. it might not be a heist movie. Right. I think when we talk about peaks in this movie, the majority of the peaks that we talk about are emotionally upsetting. They're a family dealing with tragedy. If we talk about the dinner scene, we talk about mom discovering Charlie. This is the the emotional aftermath of an actual tragedy that is in in no way exclusively supernatural. This is a tragedy that is totally a believable real world thing. Mm-hmm. Is the thing that makes this horror the supernatural? And and that, I, I know so. that that I know that that seems trite, but if we think about like a, a movie that's hard to watch because of the emotional tragedy. So ma- nice. Tra- tra- nice tragedy. Manchester a movie that's by hard the sea is the closest tragedy. Something like that. Me. I think a star is born. The emotional tragedy at the very end of the Gaga Cooper star is born made me go, I probably won't watch that again. Yeah. There's a similar kind of emotional tragedy, devastation at the heart of this movie with some demons sprinkled on top. So let's let's talk about this. The I, I think, hang on. My question is, I think what is a horror movie? Is horror ever the main dish or is it the sprinkling on top of another thing? Um, I think horror is the main dish of hereditary. Okay. So your tragedy comes at the very end. Your tragedy is a story beat of A Star is Born. Your tragedy Certainly. is all of Hereditary. Your tragedy is all of Manchester by the Sea, but Manchester by the Sea is essentially a journey of overcoming, whereas Hereditary is just a descent into the tragedy and more tragedy. It's a story of succumbing to tragedy. Right. And I think that's right. what makes it a horror movie. And it, it all comes down to presentation more than anything. Sure. Yeah. You know, Manchester by I the Sea is full of lingering shots with horrific dis- discordant instruments and ghosts yeah. around the corner. Like yeah. it's the presentation of the story that makes it a horror movie. Whereas a heist movie has to involve a heist. Horror movie is more about presentation than it is about do I, does it go boo? So a horror movie then, I think if we're going to say horror, it's less about the bones. More about the, the intention. Story. More about the presentation. I think so. Which, which to yeah. me would, would make horror the sprinkle on top. Yeah, I would say it's the viewer's acknowledgement of the intent. Okay, I agree with that. Um, there's a lot of, uh, you know, most theories in like communication and leadership, especially in persuasion, 
is like you can't really define it unless you talk to the person that was being attempted to be persuaded, right? right? So I think it does have to. There's probably somebody, and that's, you know, one of the things our mantra is on two chunks is love what you love. It's like, go out there. Like if you if this didn't scare you, uh, at that point you decide whether or not do you think it's a horror movie? That's what's tough. It's like yeah. if it didn't if it didn't scare you, uh, was the intent in general what makes it that genre, or uh, was it the uh, ultimately accomplishing of what the intent was? Did but, either yeah. of you I think, watch? I'm thinking of ending things. No, uh, I don't think so. So no. this is a movie that not classified as horror, um, but it it rides that line for me. It is not. There's yeah. nothing in it that's like jump scary. It's not scary, but it's pretty close to a horror movie. Like I me. would say, I would say like Nightcrawler is a horror movie. I would say uh, it can be. I mean, it, it is for me. And again, this is my own interpretation. Uh, I would say something like uh, Ex Machina has some horror elements to sure, me. The, I, that I, it's just kind of that's this. the key to me. Like Ex Machina and Nightcrawler, and I'm thinking of ending things. These are movies with horror elements that I wouldn't. These are the national treasure heist movie of horror where it's like it's something yeah. else but there's this that's the sprinkle on top movie to me is like and mm-hmm. the twist at the end is a little bit of lime juice and some horror and i think yeah that a horror movie so i guess i'm what i'm asking is does hereditary fit that is yeah. this a family drama about a tragedy slash horror. horror movie i think that this because is like a we talked about yesterday centered around a family drama okay what's tough too is like i find a lot of times if i'm trying to decide if it's horror First, uh, I think that's being redefined right now. That's also true. Ultimately, culturally, I think that's being redefined because sometimes we feel like if we say it's horror first, we're taking away something from the mm-hmm. movie. Because the history of horror has been uh, almost synonymous with camp mm-hmm. in a way. You yeah. know, it feels like there's, if you're going to make a funny joke that feels, you know, super juxtaposing, make it bloody, you know, or make it like, oh, he's dead. Yeah. You know, like I think saying horror first is not going to be, you know, a decade from now, something that feels like you're taking away from the, the like, intellectual impact of the movie. I think that's very well put. It is, uh, it is time to rate this movie. We're loving this horror series, man. This time flew by. It yeah. really did. We're going to have a lot to talk about next I'm week. I'm sure we are. Um, we're going to rate this using the scientific cinema scale made right here in our own very own Two Chunks and a Hunk Test Kitchens. It is perfect and as follows. The best thing we could ever say about a movie is own it. Don't lend it. Buy that poster. The next best thing is buy it. That's followed by rent it and then stream it. After that is forget it. And last, but certainly least, the worst thing we could ever say about a movie. God has forsaken us. I'm gonna go first, and I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Hereditary. Okay, which this is uh, literally probably wouldn't do, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna buy Hereditary because I feel like there is no sense of try hard. I think you can see that a lot in a bad horror movie. If someone's trying too hard to scare you, I think he fell into it. I think I think Aster's mindset uh, is pretty terrifying from the mm-hmm. start, and I think he's doing a phenomenal job of it. I found something really interesting I want to ask you really quickly in the middle of my rating. But for me, I think I'm realizing that the horror genre, especially when I'm scared really well, is like a spark for creativity for mm. me. I want to create mm. things when I'm mm. done. 
Uh, and I don't know what that is. And I'd love to check in like on different genres for us, but I feel inspired after a good nice. horror movie. And I think it's because, and what'll be interesting in this series is being scared, uh, almost like laughing. That's why I feel like they go hand in hand. Humor and terror aren't too far apart right. because we each have our own. We have something we feel like we can bring to the table that maybe would also, we can relate, right? So I think there's something about horror movies um, that is incredibly inspiring to me. And, 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 and this director has done a wonderful job of it. I found myself wanting to just make things, write things, uh, read things. Mm. And I, I think he did, he did really well. I buy Hereditary. It's great. It's very good. I am, I'm going to rent Hereditary. Um, I probably would have said buy it before watch number two. I'm going to rent it. I just, I really am disappointed by what I, and I've done it to myself, but by what I see this movie could have been. And then what the final 15, 20 minutes turns it into, it's so different. Um, so I think I have to rent it. Um, I, and I, I genuinely hope I don't watch this again. It's such a beating. Like it is, it is an emotional slog. And it, it is, it's, it's a tough watch. And yet weirdly, I feel like it's worth watching once it's actually, yeah. it's on the 1001 movies you have to watch before you die list that like constantly curated and constantly updated. Like here are the necessary movies list that that one dude keeps. Um, man, I wish I had more information than that. On who does sounds, it. Like, it sounds like you're making it up. No, it's a real thing. Um, but yeah, I, I get it, man. It, especially for horror, this, I think we're going to see movies take cues from this more than, I think this is a pivot point for horror hereditary is. Ari Aster, maybe just in general, is. Get Out and Hereditary actually are cut from the same cloth, in my opinion. Well, and, and I think it has to do with theme, mm -hmm. right? Like, I think it's because there is actually an underlying mm -hmm. lesson mm -hmm. or something to learn. Horror movies in the past, uh, even the ones that are iconic like, don't and get considered great movies. Yeah, it's like, hey. That's the lesson. You know, teens don't have sex. Yeah, right. Just don't have sex. It follows. <laughs> At least that one's spooky fun. I didn't care for it. I know. Listen to my listen to my last year, my last year boy talk about it. Um, I'm going to buy Hereditary, but I will not be taking the packaging off. I will put it somewhere that I forget about it because I won't watch it again. I think it's really well made. I so think there well is made. a tension at the heart of this movie between, uh between really like a straight up and down horror movie and then more of a thoughtful exploration of grief. Not to say this isn't thoughtful, but I think, Jordan, you're exactly right. What this movie could have been is the scariest apparition that haunts this movie. Mm -hmm. um, nice. That, put that, I put think, that quote on... Uh, we'll put that on, on our website. Poster, on a website. That sounds yeah. so smart. I didn't even mean to say it. It sounds so smart. Um, I think that's what's tripping me out, though, because I think with horror in general... There is the tension and why we, at least for me, I have such a hard time defining it is because it is, horror is not as, to me, as straight up and down as it seems like it could be. And as lists like we talked about on yesterday's Mini Monday make it out to be, it's better to describe it as scary because that is truly subjective. It's better to describe mm -hmm. a comedy as this is a funny movie because that is truly subjective. Right. You know, those are those things that it's like, you can't make a list of the top 20 horror movies, but you can make a list of the top 20 movies that scared you the most. Right. You know what I mean? And I think I like that, that I think that is to me where the 
the kind of the tension is of even a series like this, where it's like, these are definitely horror movies, but Hereditary didn't scare me that much. So that's why I feel this knee-jerk reaction to say, well, is it a horror movie or is it just a drama that's very upsetting? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. There's now a black cat in my yard, so I think I had a witch move in next door oh, or something. Oh, no. I'm, the, you had a, the spirit of Halloween doth descended. You had a vavitch descend next door. It's the spookiest season, so whoop-dee-doo and dickery-dock. So, um, yeah, that is, that's going to do it for today uh, on the Two Chunks and a Hunk Show, which is what we that's call it That's how it, it is. Now. Midsummer next week. Check in for more of that uh, exciting, fun, silly time that we all love so much. Um, to end today's episode, I'd like for each of us to uh, say our name and what character from Hereditary we would like to see fight Michael Myers from Halloween. For Two Chunks and Onk, I'm Jordan, and it's going to be Joan. Joan... Versus Michael Myers, because here's the way I see it. Either way, a great evil leaves this land. Mm. <laughs> Is she, I mean, she's like fully like a profane artificer, right? Like she would have spells and stuff against him. I just think- What, she, what is her- I think she's somebody's aunt who stumbled into a cult. So I think she's just going to get cool. stabbed real good. But I mean- gotcha. so She's going to invite him to her Facebook group. Jamie Lee Curtis was regular in Halloween. And uh, who knows how she turns out. We'll never get to talk That's about her, it, I guess. That's from the Activia, though. Yeah, that's true. She's just regular. <laughs> that's that's my moment I'm proudest of in the history of our podcast. <laughs> that's the Activia. Get out of here. It was too good. <laughs> I'm Doge. And I would like to see this family's cute little sweet puppy dog. Fight Michael yeah. Myers. Cute. Because the dog is faster than a man and can just run away and go play somewhere else. I the thing you is should that watch we Halloween never, again. <laughs> we never explicitly saw this dog uh perish. And so I'm choosing to believe the dog ran away and is now living with a family who will actually take care of it and love it appropriately. It's seen things, man. That poor yeah. pup. Oh, little guy. I'm Carter. Uh, and I think it's going to be Charlie. Mm. Uh, and uh, Twist, I think they're going to develop a friendship. Mm. I think mm. she's going to what I want you go around with him. Might and, and, be hard uh, to handle. <laughs> basically, she's going to help him decide who to kill next. Mm. You know, it's not just about, I mean, yes, you can find horny 18-year-olds sure. anywhere. But, you know, let's draw it. Let's say, hey, let's, you know. I'm going to draw this one. If the X's are over their eyes, it's a no-no. It's, mm-hmm. it's an L. And I, I would say, too, let's give a call to... Let's do Instagram. You can doodle on Instagram, mm-hmm. can't you? Yeah. Can we get somebody to draw Charlie-style the three hosts no. of this podcast? No, don't do that. Please. Please don't hey, do if that. if you want to, if you want to, be it on on our Discord chat or on our Instagram or just straight to uh, Doge's address. <laughs> um, draw... Charlie, Charlie, draw for us. No. Draw for us. No. You can do the X's over the eyes if you, you want. Can. You can do as many as you want. You shouldn't. Do a little cute little crown Please on my don't. head. I'm a size nine and three quarters. So. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.